0: Hi, good morning! I'm so glad that you could join us today, and those of you who are here online, I'm so glad that you could be here too. Uh, it's just a great day to be here. It's chilly January. I almost said December. What year is it? This chilly January morning. For those of you who don't know me, I'm Pastor Graham. I'm the teaching pastor here at Elam Chapel, and I'm so glad to be with you today. Let's, let's start with a word of prayer, and then we'll get into our message for today. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for today. Thank you for the time that we could spend worshiping you. Thank you for the time that we got to spend with the kids. Thank you for what we've already heard today. Lord, I pray that this would be a fruitful time. I pray that you would open our hearts and our minds to hear from you. I pray that you would anoint my lips to speak your words. In your name we pray. Amen. We have been in a series called Burning Bright, where we've been talking about mission and vision and who we want to be as a church. This is the last week of that series. Today we are talking about something that we all need. We've talked about needing somewhere to belong, and our mission to be a place that embraces. We've talked about our need to become more like Jesus, to grow, and our mission to be a church that equips. Today we are talking about what to do with it all. What mission God offers us on earth, something to be a part of. We call it Engage. At the beginning of the book of Revelation, John includes messages from God to seven churches in Asia Minor, modern-day Turkey. Some of the letters are praise and encouragement to stand firm, and others are rebukes for various things going on. Some of the letters are a bit of both. To me, there are two rebukes that really stick in my memory out of these letters. The first comes from the church, or rather is for the church in Ephesus, and the second is for the church in Laodicea. The first is from Revelation 2.4, where he says to the church in Ephesus, yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken the love that you had at first. And the second for the church in Laodicea in Revelation 3.15-16, just a little later. I know your deeds, that you are neither hot nor cold. I wish you were either one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I am about to spit you out of my mouth. And this, to me, has been what this whole series has been about. We have been talking about how to get back that love that we had at first. We've been talking about how to be hot instead of lukewarm. We've been talking about how to get the fire back. Which brings us to our theme verse for this series. This is the verse that we have opened all of our messages with and that we have gathered around, found in Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 to 16. Jesus says to us, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. So today we are talking about action words. We are talking about what we need to do in order to be that light of the world. The town on the hill, the lamp on a stand, bringing warmth and safety and rescue to a world of darkness. Think about Jesus' call to Peter in Matthew chapter 4, verse 19. Jesus says to him, follow me and I will make you fish for men. For most of us, that phrase is stuck in our memory as fishers of men. I know it is for me. It's always weird to hear a phrase that we're stuck on it one way and then it gets translated differently. But I love to think about that. Jesus didn't call Peter to come to church, to sit passively, to sing dispassionately and um, pick up the kids from kid zone and then go back home. Jesus called Peter to something, and not just any something, uh, for something to do. Following is an action word. So is fishing. Peter had a job to do, and he spent the rest of his days living out that calling. And that is the call that is put to us as well. Jesus said that whoever loses their life for his sake will find it. That's in Matthew 10. I believe that this is a promise that when we give up the things that we think will bring us fulfillment and instead pursue what God has, we'll find more fulfillment than we ever thought possible. Which is not to say that it'll be all sunshine and roses, but that it will be worth it. That in fact, it's the only thing worth doing. I've talked about this before, but the verse that I refer to as the theme verse of my ministry, the verse that summarizes for me what it is that I'm doing and what we're all doing here is found in John chapter 6, verse 68. Jesus has just been sharing some really difficult teachings with the disciples. And in fact, many of them have turned and walked away. Jesus turns to the 12, and in a moment of perhaps frustration, Jesus asks if they're going to leave as well. Peter responds on behalf of the disciples with these words. Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And that's my question. Where, where shall we go? Where shall they go? Where, if not here? We have the words of eternal life given to us by the resurrected and living Christ. We have the cure for what ails the world. Jesus changes hearts. Jesus changes lives. When someone walks into this church, they are going to hear the words of eternal life. When they stand to sing, they sing to the one who holds eternity in his hands. That is why we follow. That's why we do all of this. That's why we think that it is worth laying our lives down, giving up our Sunday mornings and Friday evenings, and weeknights. It's why we read our Bibles and spend time in prayer, and why we listen for God's prompting to touch a life that's just passing by. Because this is worth it. Because Jesus is worth it. Because where else shall we go? And that's why we engage. Because Jesus told us in John eight thirty one that if we hold to his teaching, then we're really his disciples that the mark of following him is obedience, that we are people who do what he says. So the first thing that comes to mind when we say engage is getting involved, volunteering, doing something to be part of what's going on. And this is hugely important. We need to be putting actions to our beliefs, making it so that our hands and our feet line up with our heart and our mind. The Bible has so much to say about putting our faith into practice. 1 Timothy 5, chapter 4, has an admonition regarding the treatment of widows, but I just want to highlight this part in the middle. Children or grandchildren, these should learn first of all to put their religion into practice by caring for their own family. I wanted to share that verse because it's not one that I see come up often, and I came across it organically in my Bible reading this week. But a more well-known verse on this topic comes from James, James 2.26. As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. Wow. So Jesus says that obedience to him is how we know that we are really his disciples. Paul says that we need to put our religion into practice. And James says that without it, without deeds, our faith is dead. Surely this matters. But I want to highlight a couple more ways that we can engage. For sure, the main one is to engage in service. Get involved. Be on the team. Do something. To call back to Donna's message from the beginning of the month, a great way to engage with what we do is to be involved financially, to be part of supporting the ministry here. ElamChapelWinnipeg.com slash give. But how about engaging in growth? That means that you don't just show up to church and let the message wash over you. You come in engaged. You're ready. You're expectant. Like we we talked about that last week. It means deciding to be an active participant in becoming more like Christ. It means taking your Bible reading into your own hands, doing your own study, clawing after the word of God for whatever situation that you find yourself in. Engage in growth. Another is to engage in worship. This is where it's really going to look different for everyone. It's one thing to sing, I'll stand with arms high and heart abandoned. I haven't sung that high in a while. Right? But that's not for everyone. I mean, like, arms high is not for everyone, right? Like, this is not typically a church where we see a whole bunch of people doing this. Right? That's not for everyone. But how about heart abandoned? Could you do that? How about using the worship time to pour out your love for God? To really listen and to think about the words and sing them like you mean them. Sing like God rescued you. Sing like there really is joy in the house of the Lord. Sing like you really do surrender all. And I think we did a great job of this morning, but it's worth continuing to think about. Lastly, engage your heart. Shift your mindset. This can be as simple as, if you're happy and you know it, tell your face. Start to see church not as a duty or as something to check off your list, but as a privilege or a joy. I don't have to come to church. I get to come to church. To see, start to see what happens here as vital and life-giving, because that is how we share the gospel. Not because, oh, church is a nice place and there's nice people and the coffee's all right and you should come. No, it's because I need to be part of this because it changed my life and it's still changing my life and it can change yours too. That's what it means to engage. So please, realize that this is bigger than a single box, that those of us who are already involved can still have work to do and that those of us who really can't add volunteering right now Can contribute in our own ways. So, all that being said, if you're looking for an area to get involved, think about your giftings, who God has made you to be. If you can find an area to work that lines up with how God has called and gifted you, it's not even going to feel like work. Well, it will sometimes, but it'll also be a joy. If you look online or in the Bible for lists of spiritual gifts, it can be pretty daunting. And some of those gifts are not relevant to the question of where to get involved. Like, whether or not you pray in tongues doesn't have anything to do with whether you should be in kids ministry. Right? Like, those are just, those are important giftings, but they they don't have to do with each other. So, what I've done is I've narrowed this down to five areas in order to try to make it as accessible for you as possible. So, there's five areas. The first one is music. This is an obvious one because it comes up every week. We all get to enjoy the music together and join our voices to praise God. We need musicians and singers who will take that role. I'm starting here, though, because it's obvious and one of the first areas that people tend to think of when they think about church, but it's also kind of specialized. Not all of us can do that. So let's talk about some of the more generalized areas. The second area of gifting is teaching. Now the obvious application here is what I'm doing right now, preaching. We talked last week about starting a preaching club and I maintain that call. We want to train and equip preachers. If you are interested in growing that gift and following that call, send me or the office an email and let's talk about getting this team going. But preaching isn't the only place that you can feel burdened for teaching. Has it ever occurred to you that being part of children's ministry is teaching? Every week, we have teachers and helpers. Not everyone in the kids' ministry is teaching, but many are. Being concerned for teaching the Word and raising our children in the knowledge of God is absolutely the same sort of thing. It's in the same family as preaching. Or what about small group leadership? Small group leaders are often facilitators, but they also often need to present the lesson and lead the discussion. Small group leaders are deeply burdened for the teaching of the word. So if you've got a passion for teaching and helping others to grow in the word, then consider getting involved in one of these areas. Or maybe the idea of teaching sounds like the worst thing in the world. They say that 75% of the population is afraid of public speaking. I'd ask you to raise your hand if that's you, but I'm not that cruel. But many of you, you know what many of you are burdened for? Welcoming hospitality, relationships. You feel burdened for people. Our message earlier this month on Embrace was your favorite one of the whole year. I guess we're not that far. This is fantastic. This is a super important calling. So much of what we do here falls under the umbrella of hospitality. Children's ministry, again, has many aspects of simply relationship building. Youth ministry is... So much about relationships, but so is preparing coffee for everyone. So is greeting. Greeting also is a great opportunity to meet people who are new. Those of you who are online are hopefully benefiting from our online hosts who are doing their best to make you feel like you're part of what's going on here too. And of course, small groups, whether leading or just being part of one, are so very much about building friendships. It's why we do a board game night. Not because there's something spiritual about board games, but because it's a chance to get together and do something fun and make some friends, and that matters. Okay, fourth area. But what if you don't really like people? What if you'd rather work with systems? We need those people too. Come on, introverts, give me a shout. Maybe I am being cruel. We've got all kinds of jobs that need doing that aren't involving interaction but they're heavily concerned with just making sure that things work, right? So it doesn't matter if you're an introvert. Oh, I'm sorry. I've lost my spot here. We're very concerned with making things work. Our tech team at the back is a big one. At least they're a big one to me. Or maybe you're interested in helping with the administrative side and helping to take care of the load of things off of the sign-in desk or security or helping to count the offering on Sunday morning. Because Janet deserves a break, right? The last area that I want to highlight is prayer. And I bring this up last because whereas all the other areas feel like places that particular personalities fit, prayer is one area where everyone can belong. It doesn't matter if you're an introvert or an extrovert. If you like public speaking or if you'd rather be working with a device, everyone can pray. Please pray for this church. Pray for the leadership, for the staff and the elders. Pray for our Sunday morning services. But more than that, become part of our prayer chain. Be one of the people that we call when something happens and we need prayer. Or join the after-service prayer team and join me at the front of the church to pray with people in the church who are in need and struggling. That is honestly one of the most rewarding things that I get to do on a Sunday, and I'd love for you to be a part of it. So all that said, if you're looking for an area to be involved, you can contact the office or go through our website, elimchapelwinnipeg.com serve. One of the ministries that our church is looking to get started again is the choir. I know that this is something that is very important to Cynthia, our worship deacon, and she's working on that. Now to me, choir is not a big deal. You want to be in the choir? Sit close to other people on Sunday, sing, boom, you're a choir. But I'm not everyone. And I recognize that things that aren't super important to me may be important to you. And the reverse is also true. The things that are important to me may not be super important to you. But here's the thing. God has given each of us not only gifts, but burdens. God has awakened a passion in each one of you. And God hasn't given all of those passions to me or to the elders, or the staff. We are all together, one body, but we serve in different ways. For some, that passion fits neatly into one of the boxes that church already has. Music, teaching, prayer, hospitality, administration. But for others, God has laid something on your heart that doesn't quite fit. We believe that God's mission is bigger than just us. That's why we believe in other churches, why we host them in our building, why we support global missions, and why we support local missions. So what if we could be a church where when someone has a burden, a mission to care for the lost in some way, that we could release that and empower each other to follow what God has put before us. We want to be that church. If you've got it in your heart to start a reading program, we want to get behind that. If you want to start a team that goes thrift shopping and then delivers those clothes to homeless encampments, that's fantastic. If you want to, I don't know, start a barbershop quartet that goes to all the assisted living homes in the city, cool. We, formally, as a church, and especially as a staff, can't do everything. But we can each follow the leading that God has placed on our hearts. So if you've got something that you want to start, let us know what you need to get started. Don't wait for God to put it on the pastor's heart or to get the elder board aligned. Figure out what it is that you need and bring it to us. Seriously, contact the office. Let's figure this out. I truly believe that God has more for us than we ever imagined. So, let's do it. Let's embrace, equip, engage, and extend. Let's be the people that God made us to be and the church that God made us to be. Let's see revival in this city. Let's see God make the difference in so many lives the way that he has made the difference in ours. Let's be that light calling the world to Jesus. Let's burn bright. Pray with me. Lord God, we have heard your heart. And Lord, you have heard our hearts cry back to you. You are what we want, God. You are what we need. We need to be more like you, Lord. Help us. Help us to follow you. Help us to engage with your work, to to walk in the good deeds that you've laid out for us, as Ephesians 2 says. Lord, help us to be one body composed of many parts. Help us to bring our gifts to serve your church. Lord, we pray that you would take this word and put it deep into our hearts, that you would bring up a crop of missions and ministries and changed lives such that we never thought possible. We believe in you and we trust you. In your name we pray, amen.